Hey gang, and welcome to episode five of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco. Thanks again for being along in this journey. And we've really got a great interview today um, that I want, I'm going to jump right into. I'm not going to go any rants for today's episode, uh, as you guys know I can. But let's get right into the interview because there's so, so much rich content um, and, and insight from my guest today, who is Kathleen O'Grady. And she is the founder of Raleigh Coaching Academy. She can be found online, RaleighCoaching.com. And a lot of stuff around just, you know, career growth and career path, you know, transformation, those type of things. You know, she does a lot of um, coaching individuals, leadership coaching, um, team building. You know, she speaks around the country and world and a lot of different stuff, but really big on authenticity and kind of being this, you know, authentic version of yourself. So there's some really great insight that you guys will get out of this interview today. And I want you to jump right in and, and enjoy it. Um, I hope you guys have a great holiday season and we have a couple weeks left until 2018 and we'll start to talk about goals for next year and, and kind of trying to reach those goals. But, you know, take the opportunity over the next two weeks or so, especially around the holidays, if you get a little downtime to sit and reflect a little bit back on 2017 and start to think about 2018 and, and maybe write down two or three really big goals that you have to accomplish by the end of next year, because most people don't write down their goals. But this could be that change for you. Go write down those goals. Put them on your mirror or put them somewhere where you see them every day. And I think that's going to really help you guys transform yourselves in terms of how you start thinking you know, each, each and every day to, to reach those goals that you have set forth. So um, really encourage you guys to do that and uh, report back to me any insight you have or anything, you know, any feelings around that um, from a goal-setting standpoint. I'd love to hear it. But... Without further ado, let's jump right into the interview with Kathleen, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. Let's get it started. Kathleen, good afternoon. Welcome to the uh, the podcast. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. No, I, I appreciate you taking some time out and, and talking through some things. I, it's kind of you know, cool. I know we had met for the first time, you know, about what about a year and a half or, or two years ago, and um, really excited when I was starting the podcast. I was kind of writing down, hey, some some names, especially locally, that I wanted to speak with, and you are one of them because I really love how you've taken, you know, kind of a lot of things you've learned over the years and transitioned that into your own business and really helping other folks. And we'll kind of get into that. Um, but actually, I want to jump right in. And, and, and if you could, maybe this will be helpful for folks as they're kind of learning more about you. I'll, I'll give you kind of the floor for for maybe fifteen thirty seconds, just a little about your business um, and kind of what you're doing from a from a coaching side of things. Okay, so I guess from a industry standpoint, um, I would be considered an authentic leadership development expert. And what that means is I help individuals as well as organizations transition from what we would call fear-based leadership or ego leadership to heart-based leadership, where people really feel they're, um, they're able to be vulnerable and truly express their true nature, which ends up becoming much more effective across the board for everyone involved. So that's a little bit from the industry side of things, but obviously there's a lot more to it. No, awesome. I appreciate you uh, you sharing that. So let's kind of dive into, so obviously to get to the point of your career where you're at, let's talk about some of those things because, you know, for a lot of the folks, you know, I've been fortunate to speak with, it, there's always been some things around 
earlier in their career or something from you know wherever where it inspired them to say, "Hey, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to I'm going to you know take a a chance, a stab at you know kind of doing my own thing." Can you talk a little about those early days and and kind of coming up from you know out of your your childhood into college, those type of things, working corporate America? Some of those things that you learned over the years that really made you kind of passionate about, hey, you know, I want to help other people. I have this in me and I, and I want to go ahead and do that. Talk about those early years a little bit. Sure. Well, I think, you know, I I can speak for myself, but I think that this is just an epidemic. And this is the, the type of clients that I work with is so often we just go through life automatically jumping from one rite of passage to the next. And when I entered into college, I, like many young people, had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. I only knew what looked the least painful in terms of a subject matter. So I majored in communications for a bachelor's degree. And um, towards the end of my um, time in college, 9-11 happened. And so I didn't have the luxury of necessarily moving back in with my parents because they had left New York for Chapel Hill, North Carolina for greener pastures. And I had no intention of uh, moving to a completely unknown location. I was a bit of a snob. So I, I decided to just, you know, buck up and get a job right out of college. And before I knew it, I was an executive assistant to some very high um, profile individuals. And then thereafter, um, down, I finally did uh, move to North Carolina for uh, affordable housing <laughs> to yeah. be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. And so what I, over the course of my early career in that position of executive assistant, personal assistant, um, I was, I became fascinated by the different styles of leadership and, and the impact that they created. And so when I had moments where I felt like I was very much disrespected for what I felt I was truly capable of, and I think that this you know, happens to a lot of people in their careers, I almost had one of those, well, not just one, I had many of those, I'll show you moments, okay? And so this was kind of a, a, a culminating uh, series of events where I just said, you know what, I, you know, I am being turned to by these you know, senior leaders for my guidance. And yet my, you know, my responsibility and my recognition are not, um, equitable. And so at some point I decided, okay, I can't do this for too much longer or I'll, or I'll just be miserable. And so I looked into graduate programs and none of them really spoke to me. And then one day there was a, um, executive coach that came in to speak to, my boss's leadership team about uh, coaching. And that was the first I had heard of that sort of thing. And so quickly I went back to my cubicle and I started Googling it. And before I knew it, I had enrolled in a business coaching certificate program at NC State. And, um, you know, fast forward through finishing that program and starting a side business, when you start to live your authentic self and your authentic career path, and you juxtapose that with the part of you that you've been just because you had to be, it's very painful. <laughs> and so um, at the, um, the height of the financial crisis in 2009, I actually, against you know the, the urgings of my family and friends, I quit my job to be a full-time entrepreneur. And it was scary. Uh, it was difficult, but it was the best decision I could have made. 
that was great. There's a there's a lot of good stuff in there. I want to I want to kind of piece apart because you, you said a few things. So f- first is the talk about that journey. You know, I think what what happens or gets missed a lot is oh, you just uh, you quit your job, you start a new job, and you went on. There was probably a a long period of time. Can you give a, a, the folks an idea of like from your first the inception in your head of hey maybe I could do this, I could do my own thing to actually saying. Hey, I'm you know in 2009, I'm going to start my own thing. What was the time frame between that? Because I know it doesn't happen overnight. I'm just kind of curious to give some insight to folks of you know things might fester for a few years. Well, it's funny. This is a really good question because at the time that I created my side business, I never really truly believed that it would become a full time thing. I was doing it more so to get practice, and so. There was only so much time I could practice coaching internally and what I had attempted to do um, and it never it never transpired was to find a way to coach internally at the organization where I was working. Um, But the culture there just was not accommodating to somebody like me. And so what started to happen was it started to become more and more clear that that was not where I was to be a coach, that I was to be a coach on my own. And so when things started to get more and more painful and uncomfortable and self-limiting within my job, I, I just saw the writing on the wall and I said, okay, I guess this means I have to do my own thing because if I, you know, if I stay here, I'm only going to feel, you know, the pain of it, um, exponentially. Okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. And and that's something I know is important for a lot of folks to hear. So I appreciate you kind of um, drilling down a little bit deeper on that because a lot of folks, again, they feel, Hey, it's, you know, "Ah, I got to quit my job. I got to do this full time. No, you can do things on the side and and then grow, you know, grow into it. You said something else earlier and I'm going to pick on for a second because folks that know you and and I know you a little bit is you're not a snob. You said you were a snob, maybe younger in your life. Self-awareness, obviously, is a big thing. Is that something, did you recognize you were a certain personality or had that? Did you try to change that? Or I'm kind of, I'm just curious. I picked that up uh, when you had mentioned a little earlier. Well, I think, you know, transformation occurs um, sometimes as a slow kill. And then occasionally there's, there are big um, events in your life that kind of wake you up to who you are and who you want to be more of and less of. And so um, I think, you know, moving to North Carolina and and trying on different roles that really didn't fit, I I really had to start taking taking a deeper look at who I wanted to be in the world. And so part of going through a coach training is a lot of personal development. And so once I started down that journey of personal development and coaching, it just became like an addiction. (laughs) And so um, I've been working on myself and I continue to work on myself um, because we're all always a work in progress uh, to become the, the version of myself that I feel I'm most proud of from one moment to the next. But yes, I, there are cringeworthy behaviors that I can look back at in my younger years. Were there, so to that point um, a little bit, is there certain things or maybe maybe a hurdle that you went through? I know you talked about some stuff earlier, but maybe a hurdle you went through that's kind of a huge learning opportunity for others, you know, where they don't make a similar mistake or they, they have it top of mind as they're choosing their career path or things they want to do. Anything that you could share that um, could be helpful for others out there, maybe in where you were seven, eight years ago um, that want to do something on their own? Mm. 
Yeah, I think it was more like 10 years ago, Brian, but I guess, Well, my, I ma- think- my math, I guess, is bad. Yeah, okay, I guess about... <laughs> now, we're meeting 2018 in a few weeks. All right. Uh, no, you're right. I think it was seven, eight years ago. It was actually 10 years ago that I started the business, so forgive me. So I, there is no one-size-fits-all to, to transformation and taking a leap of faith in one's career. And so for, for, some, per, for some people, it could be like a very traumatic event for others it could be like death of a thousand paper cuts you know what i'm saying so i think for me there were some really specific moments where i just had to get real with who i was um one instance was where i was participating in a executive leadership team meeting kind of doing my administrative assistant thing taking notes And externally, I was already the president of the local coaches association chapter for for the industry of coaching worldwide. And so externally to my job, I had built a certain degree of confidence in my leadership. And so when I tried to exercise that leadership within the context of my role as an administrative assistant, um, I was basically, you know, laughed at and, and shooed out of people's offices. And so I think that was a big turning point for me because, again, I was I was very much filled with this fire in my belly of like, you know, I'll show you. <laughs> and so for me, I have a high value, you know, of respect and integrity. And, um, you know, so when when your values are put into question as part of your role or as part of being a, a, um, a member of an organization, it really forces you to make some big decisions. And when, when you don't make those big decisions in your highest good, um, it can become damaging over time. Well, talking about transformation then, um, you know, obviously, and I, and I love your guy, the fear-based to the heart-based um, kind of model. What do you, from a client you work with, or, or just kind of in general, and I, and I know it's a generality, but people have to be ready, right, to take that leap or to to be ready to be coached sometimes. What are some of the traits that you see from individuals of of kind of turning that, saying, hey, you know what, I need help or I need advice or I need insight. Hey, I can't do it myself. Mm -hmm. I'm always curious, like, the traits that you see. Is there similar traits across the individuals or certain things going on in in maybe their life um, that relate, that you can kind of tie in to a lot of the clients you work with? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't overgeneralize, but I would say that uh, on one hand, there there are people who have had kind of a wake-up call that are just ready to do something different, or in many cases, they are they've reached the point in their career where they've checked all the proverbial boxes of, you know, getting married, getting a job, putting kids through, through, kids through college, and then now all of a sudden they're facing. Um, the second half of their life and wondering, you know, well, when is it my turn, right? When do I get to be who I want to be now that I've done all the things I was supposed to do for my family, right? And so, you know, that's another part of it. And so I think there is a common thread of a desire for more fulfillment and a greater understanding of what's important to them and how they can apply that into the world around them. Because I think Deep down inside, all of us want to make a difference and want to have a positive impact on other people. And, you know, going to work every day and, and doing a, a pretty consistent function doesn't always create that sense of fulfillment for people. And so 
they they seek to understand more of that through coaching. Yeah, and, and some of that comes from the leadership of the organization, right? And and obviously you you have a lot of experience with this. What what would you say is you know you look at great companies that are doing phenomenal things, and then other companies that are struggling, or and when I mean struggling, I mean maybe not financially per se, but in terms of you know client retention or, or employee retention and those type of things, morale. What what do you see as the biggest difference if you kind of compare and contrast those two type of organizations? Um, well, before I answer that, I just want to take a step back and say you know somebody's. Um, dissatisfaction with their career can fall into many different categories. So it could be that they got into a career path because their parents kind of pushed them in that direction. And so even if their company is, is a great company to work for, they're just not satisfied because they never wanted to be that thing in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it's important to unpack and understand is it a job title and responsibility issue? Is it a company culture issue? Is it an industry issue? And um, and all of that tying back to that individual person's values and desired authentic self. Uh, that's that's really good, and I, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and that's where I was trying to go. Is just in general, if someone is happy, right? If they're having a good, you know, they, they enjoy their career, they enjoy what they're doing. Some folks do look, and, and just because I know this, I've talked with a lot of folks that have looked for other jobs or other careers because they've had whatever poor experience. So I didn't know if there was anything you see if you're working with certain companies or working with executives or those type of things that you mm-hmm. see. Oh, this this is way different than that, and I can I could definitely tell why some is succeeding and some aren't. Oh, for sure, and and I guess the way um, the way I would categorize that is is culture, right? And so culture is is organizational, but then it could also be down to a more micro level on like a team by team or department by department basis, right? So you have your overarching organizational culture, which really depends on how old is the company, how large is the company, and what is the leadership style that's being perpetuated across the board. And so I would say you know, some older companies tend to be considered old school in their leadership, right? So there's more bureaucracy and and, and more kind of fear-based leadership or ego leadership. But what we're seeing more and more of, obviously, because this is what I'm focused on, are companies that are either newer companies or um, startups or led by younger leaders who are taking on a different perspective and approach to leadership, which is more conscious and authentic versus fear-based. But then, you know, there's there's no blanket statement I could make because there are newer organizations that are still kind of in that fear-based leadership model, whereas there are old organizations who are now embracing a more cutting-edge approach to leadership. So, um, you know, it just, it really depends on the company. And, but what I can say in terms of category is companies that are more forward thinking and investing in their staff and in the leadership of their, of their staff, those are the ones that are going to have the competitive advantage long-term versus the companies that just keep putting more money into marketing and technology and kind of the, um, the material side of things versus the, um, you know, the, um, I hate to use the word 
human resources, right? But put it, investing in your people is the best way to maintain um, a competitive advantage, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. That reminds me of, I just um, read a book recently called Traction by Gino Wickman and really solid uh, insight in there. But one is, is around, you know, kind of the core values of the organization and the ones that stress that and really digest it all the time and are talking and trying to be better. They're normally the ones that succeed more than the ones that are like, yeah, these are kind of what we do. And let's just, you know, we don't really care so much about what the folks think. Um, it kind of seems like, hey, those those folks that do focus on core values of the culture are the ones that are kind of the cream does rise to the top. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I would say, you know, most large companies will have stated core values, but whether or not they adhere to them is another thing. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so let's help our, our younger generation out a little bit here, because I really mm-hmm. want your insight on this. So obviously, you've had, a, you know, from your career and the things you're doing, um, and we just talked a lot about, you know, what career path are you on? Is it the right one? You know, our parents, our grandparents, they were from, you know, hey, this is what you did. You kind of went to maybe work locally at a company. You kind of worked there for 30 years. You retire, those type of things. Folks that are right now maybe entering college, coming out of college, getting into the workforce, are there any pieces of advice you can give to those individuals on choosing a career or what to look for in jobs or whatever it may be that could be beneficial for them? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I'm so passionate about this. So first and foremost, um, don't put the pressure on yourself to have it all figured out once and for all because – um, dabbling in different things is is actually a good thing. And so, if you put your if you put pressure on yourself to pick one career and stick with it for the rest of your life, then you're setting yourself up for um, for heartbreak. So, I mean, and and that's not to say that people won't find their career and stick with it for a lifetime. But if you put that pressure on yourself in the beginning, it can be very damaging. Um, and because then you're making decisions based on, um, I should, or I worry versus I want. Okay. So putting your, um, putting your passions and desires, kind of laying them out and understanding what they are. And then also laying out what your values are for what's important to you about the type of company you work for or the type of boss that you have and things of that nature. Because I think a lot of people make the mistake of looking for jobs online and then trying to fit themselves into that and sell themselves into that when they haven't really taken the time necessary to figure out what is it that they would ideally want and then how can they look for that and find something that works for them. And is that just a lot, do you feel that, and and I just see this, so I'm curious if you're on the same line of thinking I am is, I don't think folks, especially out of college or whatever, have the direction to network a lot and, and, and start to feel out what's out there, what are, where are different avenues that I might explore, and ultimately be able to get in the companies that they want to. Yeah, it's kind of almost they settle sometimes. Would you agree with that statement? Or, Well, yeah, because the, there's all this pressure to get it right, like I just said, to get it right the first time. And so if they if they take a position – um, and then it's not the right one, there's a, there's a fear that they'll be perceived as a failure. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they can get into analysis paralysis about what, what kind of position is really right for them. But if they can take that kind of step back and say, okay, well, 
this isn't going to be forever. It's just going to be for right now. And I'm willing to give this a try. Then they can say, you know, six months to a year in, okay, this is what I've learned. And this is what I want less of in the future. And I want more of in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and also trust in the universe, right? Trust your gut and trust in the universe. Because if the idea of, if you're in an interview, for instance, and you're trying to convince yourself that you want that job because you want to have a job period, you have to really understand that if that feeling is telling you, uh, uh, no, don't do it. Trust that feeling. Okay. Because otherwise you're going to make, you know, you're going to look back and regret that. But if you're neutral and you're unsure and you're willing to give it a shot, know that that does not have to define you permanently. For instance, now in hindsight, I look back on my administrative uh, career and I understand that that's very much counter to my natural inclinations in terms of my leadership style and my way of expressing my authentic self. However, I also can understand that that was a meant to be scenario because the things that I learned along the way were priceless in my ability to be an entrepreneur. That's really great insight. I appreciate you, you sharing that. Well, so you give a lot of coaching and, and helping folks and those type of things. How do you, how do you reinvent yourself? How, what, where, where are some things that you learn from, or I don't know if it's books or podcasts or whatever it might be. I'm curious to hear that, um, how you reinvent yourself or learn new things that you've always wanted to learn. Well, that's, that's a great question. So not just with, with my clients, but with my students, because I, I think you know that I train coaches as well. Right. Okay. So what happens when you're a coach and when you're a trainer of coaches is you're bearing witness to the transformation of the individuals that you're facilitating. So I am, I see myself as a equal part teacher and student when I'm working with my, with my people, because uh, we're always learning about who we are as it relates to what we see in other people. And so I can say that um, I am constantly evolving myself through the work that I am exposed to with a diverse population of clients and, and people that I engage with. Um, I think that's probably where most of my um, progression comes from. And then in, in addition to that, I am still very much an avid reader and, um, and seeking out new ways of defining kind of the old school way of, of looking at things. And, um, I also have a very passionate, um, relationship with art and music and things of that nature. So I think that the next thing for me, that's going to take me out of my comfort zone, um, is to, finally, once and for all, write the book that I started to write um, before I created my coaching academy, which has kind of been on the back burner. And so, I, you know, now I have to take my own advice and, and work with a, a coach and just make that happen. No, that's, that's what's on your playlist these days? What are you listening to? What kind of music? Oh, gosh, you probably wouldn't really know. Um, <laughs> I could I could go off on obscurities, but um, you know things like Alt J and um, 
Tycho and Lindsey Sterling. I don't know if you know any of these. Artists. No, but that's that's why I asked. I'm always up to you know. I'm a big Logic fan, so uh, I don't know if folks listen to Logic and uh, rap music and stuff. And but uh, yeah, no, I always want to hear new stuff or at least share with the audience. They may want some you know some new things to listen to. So I always like to ask. It's a uh, it's always a fun exercise. Well, so you got your book. You're gonna. I'm I'm holding you to that. Then you're gonna write that. But last thing for you, what, what's kind of on the radar? What are you excited about with with your business and and the coaches and clients you work with? going into 2018 what are some of the things on the radar for you guys oh wow okay so we you know programmatically this was actually a perfect timing for this this uh call because i'm actually filming uh my first marketing video with my staff on friday we have a videographer coming up from dc we're also revamping our website uh again to become more streamlined because the the growth that the Raleigh Coaching Academy portion of my business has seen over the last four and a half years has been significant, but also intentionally slow. And so we've, we've kind of reached that tipping point where I believe that 2018 is going to be um, a big growth year for us, which will mean we'll be expanding into other markets outside of uh, Raleigh in order to deliver our, our training. So that's really exciting. And you know our mutual friend Laura's like really on my heels to to do that because <laughs> um, she's a total go getter. And and then you know aside from that is is just continuing to um, find more organizational clients who who wish to really turn the tide of their company culture. That's awesome to hear. Well, I'm excited for you guys. I like I said when we first met, um, you, you had that you know you have that certain thing you can kind of pick up from people, and and you you are authentic. Um, so, yeah, so, so I absolutely love it. I love the time. I'm glad you spent, we were able to spend some time and really excited for you guys as you go into 2018. Cause I think you are doing some, some great things and changing people's lives, which is, you know, one of the most important things you can do. So I appreciate your time today, Kathleen. Thank you so much. And, uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you, Brian. I'm honored. Really. Have a good one. You too. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Kathleen. Um, as you can hear in her voice, just a ton of passion, but she has so much wisdom because she has been through a lot in her life. And um, I, I think you can probably pick that up in a lot of the thoughtfulness um, of her answers. So go check her out um, at her website, RaleighCoaching.com. She has some great content there. Heck, even sign up for a session maybe. If you need some coaching or guidance yourself, um, she'd be a great resource to uh, reach out to. As always, you guys can find me online, um, Instagram, Twitter, at Golf. That's O-N-D-R-A-K-O. My website, brianondraco.com um, as well. Any feedback or comments you have, please send them over. I've already got a lot of great um, feedback already over the first four episodes, and it's only going to help make this thing better and better. Hope you all have a great holiday season. Think about your goals for next year. Um, we'll address that um, as we go into some future episodes, but start thinking about those goals and when you have some time to reflect over the next couple of weeks. Have a safe new year, and we'll uh, catch you guys all in uh, 2018. Have a phenomenal day.